0: Oh God, my voice is so bad. (laughs) We have returned with another episode of Drunk and Uncultured.
1: So we're back to talk about women, to continue celebrating Women's Month.
0: Uh, I'm Stephanie, and you can tell that I sound like absolute garbage this week, and uh, I think this is Lindsay's revenge for that time I made her record after going to Toronto.
1: Yeah, so I'm Lindsay, and I'm going to make fun of how (laughs) bad Steph sounds.
0: So we're talking more today about badass women because, uh, because we can.
1: Yeah, this week we are talking about badass women in history because we're trying to be a little bit more cultured. Yeah, we're being a little bit more cultured. And by little, we mean, like, very little.
0: Is knowing history being cultured? Um, I think a little bit, yeah. Okay, cool. Because we don't know
1: history. I constantly ask you, like, when did this happen?
0: I have no idea. I know nothing about (laughs) history. So this is me being very cultured. Yeah, same. So some of these people you may have never heard of, and, uh... That's really fucking cool. So these are people I didn't know about beforehand.
1: Yeah, we're getting real hipster on this. Oh yeah, we're going real deep. We're
0: going real deep. Um. So before I forget, uh, on Friday, me and the boyfriend went down to Three Floyd's Brewery in Indiana. It was a good fucking time. They have a lot of good IPAs on tap.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've only had zombie dust, which is like what you get here. I didn't
0: even have zombie dust. They had so many other options. So we didn't even drink zombie dust. Um, I drank. You should make a trip out there. Oh, yeah, no, it's about an hour from the city. That's not bad. No, it was really not too bad. I took the Metra down to Steve's office and met him out there. Gotcha. So it was about 45 minutes from the Metra. But um, with traffic, it would have been way longer for us to leave from our place um their food was very good i ate way too much fucking food <laughs> like you know when i go to a brew pub i just eat till i'm like ill
1: yeah because they have fucking good food at brew there's mubs, so dude. much good
0: food um so try to think what i drank i had the 25 million dollar man which is excellent i had had that before and i did not remember i had had that before Until I checked in on Untapped, and I was like, oh, fuck. So much for trying new beer. Um, I had the Arctic Panzer Wolf, which was like a 9% double IPA. That shit tasted like juice. How drunk did you get? Not. I had three beers. Oh, okay. I mean, Steve drove, so I was much drunker than he was, because he had to be sober to drive us home, because Steve doesn't trust me to drive, ever, because I should not be allowed to drive a car. (laughs) Um, so we went down there, and that was Friday, and, uh, let's talk about yesterday.
1: <laughs> so, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. This episode's gonna come out, like, a week plus after... About a little
0: bit, of, a little over a week after we record this.
1: Um, so, yeah, St. Patrick's Day. Um, I, Derek and I started off the morning at, like, 10.30. We went to the river. Um, Chicago dies a green, if you don't know. It's cool as hell, because it is, like, bright green. It is,
0: like, green, green. Yeah,
1: we'll post something on our Instagram if you want to check that out. Um, it's not going to be photos of us, because by the time we met up and started taking photos, they were not good. I don't know.
0: That photo we got of us was very cute. The hashtag, better than Steve.
1: Oh, that's on your phone. The ones on my phone are not good. Oh, the ones on my phone are good. Oh, yeah. The ones on my phone are not good. Um, but, like, so I, I guess we started out at 11, I guess... By the end of it, by the time you got a bus up downtown, um, I met up with Ashley, who I talk about in our last podcast, um, and we went to a place called Pepper Canisters, drank a lot there. Um, I've
0: never heard of that place. Yeah, it's in River
1: North. Um, That's why I've never cool. heard of it. It only has like 100, like it can only fit 100 people, so it's pretty oh, small. Oh, it's pretty small. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, they had a lot of good beer. Nice. Um, they had Apex Predator. I was drinking oh that. nice. I was drinking solid, that.
0: Solid, solid yeah. choice from Off Color.
1: Um so we were drinking, hanging out, met some people from her friend group, which is awesome. Derek Her met, friends are really cool. They really are. Derek met someone that's into soccer, so he has like a soccer friend now. Nice. Um uh, Ashley told me <laughs> Ashley's husband and this is a great story. Um Ashley for listening. I'm sorry for telling this. Um No, you're Ash- telling it anyways. <laughs> Ashley's husband, Bill, um we all got very drunk and he was like just so you know, Ashley ca- cried twice because of you. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? And I guess she had listened to the episode, last, our last episode, where I talked about her for a minute, and she cried twice, and I was just like, oh my god, I love that you actually listened to it. Like, it means a lot to me, because um, I don't think anybody actually listens no. to this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I went over and was like, I seriously mean that, not just saying it. I didn't think yeah. you listened to it. Um, legitimately mean that. I love you. Love you, Ashley. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. And then uh, around like 3, 34, you and I met up? It was like 3,
0: but so we started at my friend Rachel's at about 10. We did like a potluck breakfast drinking dealio. Hung out there for a few hours. That's why you
1: guys were smarter than us. Derek and I did not eat breakfast. Oh, the yeah. The first thing we ate was Taco Bell.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> so like we, Steve made um, corned beef sauerkraut. Egg rolls. Sounds good as fuck. Steve, why don't you cook for me? And then Rachel and Brian made Guinness sliders. And then uh, Jess and Jack made green egg quiche. Dude, that sounds so good. And then they went and got coffee so that we could make like Irish Irish coffee. Yeah. Because Jess works for, like, an alcohol distributor where mm-hmm. she, like, does tastings of all the, like, liquor. Right. So she had a bunch of liquor that we got to try that I've never had before that was very good. I got to try, um, Jameson just released, not just, like, maybe a couple months ago, released the IPA cask Jameson. Interesting. It's so good. Is it? I don't like Jameson, and that was very good. It's, like, aged in IPA barrels. hmm it was great that oh I good. loved it it was so good
1: that does sound good um but then I don't, where did you guys go after or did, that we went straight to
0: after? the river and okay. we met up with you guys
1: yeah you were blowing up my phone I was like Derek's like where are they and I, just, I said what corner you're on and then you're just like where are you where are you what are you but, No, I was right blowing here? up
0: your phone because you guys kept calling me and I couldn't hear were we? you. because I was real drunk. Oh, yeah, because you guys you called Steve me like three times. I'm like, I can't hear you. Yeah, talk, you made to to Steve.
1: talk to Steve. Um, Steve also could not hear us. No. But we met up, took a bunch yeah. of photos. Most of them were not good.
0: No, most of them were not good.
1: Uh, we had a good time. It was though. also really bright. Oh, I also sold, and this is the best part of the night. <laughs> I stole A some day? sunglasses. It was like three. Yeah. It was the best part of the day. I stole some of sunglasses and then sold them for $10. I don't know how you. <laughs> I forgot you did that. This lady stopped me when we were leaving pepper canisters and she was like, I'll give you $20 for those sunglasses. It's like, okay. She couldn't find $20, so she was like, I'll give you 9 It's like, still okay. I would have taken $2. <laughs> These are my sunglasses. And they were just like shitty, cheap green sunglasses I took from some dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, like they were probably like 40 cents. Yeah. So I
1: made $9. <laughs> uh, that was great.
0: <laughs> oh, um, Chicago St. Patrick's Day is such a mess. Yeah.
1: But it's we, a lot of fun. It was, so time fun. it was so much fun. a lot of fun. Oh, oh yeah. yeah.
0: We went from the river to headquarters. Yeah, which
1: I feel like was a long walk, but I was also really drunk. About it
0: wasn't. It's not that far of a walk. It um, seemed. We also
1: waited in line, which the line wasn't bad either. No.
0: The, so they had an event going on, like a big bar crawl, and like for us being not a part of that the line was maybe 20 minutes like yeah. that's one of the few bars not charging cover right so like it wasn't that bad i've no. seen it
1: worse so no it wasn't bad um then we went to taco bell
0: we went to the we went to taco, taco bell, bell cantina and faced
1: the longest line of the day cuz that, that shit was like an hour long
0: we waited an hour to get some coffee. goddamn taco bell to get some Baja Blast tequila freezies. I didn't drink that. I oh, I did. I was too
1: drunk at that point. <laughs> oh no, we got tequila freezies. Yeah, I know you guys did. I had drank too much, so I got Derek and I shared a coke, uh, and then we went home. And you guys went out some more.
0: We just went back to Rachel's and like played some more games and like yeah. hung out and drank some more because there was more free food there.
1: I went home and went to sleep at eight o'clock. Yeah, we 8:30. hung out at
0: Rachel's until like maybe ten thirty, and then we called the lift home.
1: Yeah, I was in bed by yeah eight like thirty nine. Uh, and that was our St. Patrick's Day.
0: That was a fun day. We had so much fun.
1: Yeah. And then uh, after this, we are going to the St. Paddy's Pop-Up.
0: Yes. We uh, are. Replay. Yes. We are headed from here to Replay, and we're going to go see the Nightman Cometh.
1: Yep. They're doing, um, and it's always sunny, pop-up bar, so like for St. Patrick's Day, they're doing They're Patty's doing Pub. Patty's Pub. Um, yeah, and today's like the Nightman Electric Boogaloo is what it's called, uh, and they told totally got a cease and desist letter. Oh, you know FX. they got a cease and desist. we both, like, we both are, we bought our tickets together and got emails saying that, like, they're canceling the second show. They had to remove it from their, like, social media.
0: And they had change, they had to change some stuff. Yeah. Um,
1: so, guys, stop fucking, like,
0: ruining pop-ups.
1: This shit's cool.
0: Yeah, um... um... <laughs> they definitely got a season to sell. they
1: definitely did. Um, and then we are also doing the Great Lake Tattoo Walk Up Classic.
0: Yeah, we Next are Saturday. we are going to be um, at Great Lakes Tattoo on Friday night, mm-hmm. and then Saturday yep. we are going to the Walk Up Classic. Yep, and we're going to get some flash tattoos. We are.
1: So by the time this comes out, it'll be the Friday and Saturday before. Yeah,
0: so we will by the time you guys hear this, we will have just gotten some new tattoos. Yeah.
1: And hopefully we don't pick the same flash by the same artist, which I feel like we probably We probably are.
0: will. <laughs> we've been doing some research and I think we're both gonna go see the same artist. Yeah.
1: And we've seen some of her flash and we're probably gonna pick the same thing. We're gonna pick the
0: same thing. We're trash people. Yeah.
1: Anyways, um, so, yeah, that's going to be fun. That'll be fun that. next weekend. Yeah, yeah we'll have some
0: updates on that soon. The Friday before is, like, their the, kickoff their party. Kickoff, yeah. So we can go in and, like, look at all the flash and decide what we want. Exactly.
1: But they have an open bar.
0: And <laughs> well, I do reason, love an open bar. That's the real reason we're going. <laughs> I sold a concert ticket to go to this.
1: <laughs> yeah, you were like, I saw they have an open bar. I'm going now. <laughs> well,
0: okay. They he's... have me
1: at open bar is actually, I think, what you texted me. <laughs>
0: I, I was going to go see Always at the Metro, and I've seen them before, and I'm going to see them at least twice this year. Mm-hmm. So I figured I might as well like sell my ticket. Right. I just sold it for face value, because I'm not that big of a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to get my money back for it, so I could go do something else, because I know it was sold out, so... That's fair. Yeah. Um... Lollapalooza tickets come out on oh, tuesday so we're gonna be hyperventilating, hyperventilating stressing
1: out. and like stressing out because i'm broke and trying to be for a wedding and also Lollapalooza tickets it'll be fine we'll it'll be it. fine we'll it'll figure be it be out
0: fine. later but we're gonna it'll be fine i'm just gonna go into debt <laughs> I'm oh i'm already <laughs> going into debt it's fine <laughs> childish gambino threw me <laughs> into that debt
1: um so you want to talk about spotify for a second
0: yeah, um, so like we said last episode, um, our Spotify playlist for the month of March is All Music by Badass Women. So go listen. Uh, it's titled hashtag by women for women. But if you already subscribed to the the playlist, then you've already got it. So is there anybody that's actually subscribed to the playlist? We have one subscriber. <laughs> is that you? No, other than me. <laughs> Um, so, go subscribe, listen to music by Badass Women, we talked about some of them on our last episode. Yeah. So, I came straight here from lunch at Half Acre, and you were invited, but you had just eaten, so you skipped out on some bomb-ass nachos. I know,
1: if I had known, if you had literally, like, messaged me 20 minutes beforehand, I wouldn't have eaten. It was
0: so last minute, and I was like, I will drop everything and go to Half Acre. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. But... I did bring back some new beer for us. So uh
1: Yeah, so we're drinking Tracking Light and it's a really good pale ale. It's not very too good. like musky or anything. No, it's it's got great. really good flavor.
0: The can is holographic. It's cool as hell. It's very <laughs> it's a very cool can. Yeah, I
1: wanna keep this.
0: So uh do I'll
1: Oh it's no, it's a label.
0: Oh, it's the late. The
1: late? It's not printed on this can.
0: No, they can't afford printing on the cans. You know how expensive it is to print on a can? Doesn't
1: Daisy Cutter print on the can? Yeah, but
0: that's like a generic, they do that all the time. That's it's true. like a one off beer. That's true.
1: I didn't realize this was a late label. Not going to lie. Um, yeah, I mean, this is cool as hell.
0: Yeah, uh, it was released, I want to say, on Friday or like late last week. So it's very new.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, so we are hanging out, enjoying um, the beer today, and then we also have Daisy Capra Yep. for later on if we finish this or if we want to switch out.
0: Daisy Capra is a double pale ale. Very good. We've had it on tap a few times. Cool. Um, cool. You've had it. I don't think I've had it. You had it with me at Half Acre the last time you came. I don't think
1: I ordered it. You did. Yes,
0: you, no, you did. That's why I had it. No, you ordered it. No, you ordered it. No, you're okay, the one well, that I mean, it. I might have.
1: I feel like I probably... You'll would. recognize it when you try it. I just don't think I did, but that's fine. <laughs> <God damn laughs> it. I think you're wrong. It's fine. Um, so since last episode, we focused on badass women in pop culture. We are going to be doing uh, badass women in history for this episode.
0: Yeah, so uh, let's get on to those badass women.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so I'm going to start. My first uh, badass historic woman is Henrietta Lacks. Um, just some background information on her. She is African American and she went to John Hopkins in 1951 and that was because they were the only hospital in the area that treated black patients. Uh, she went because she felt a knot in her womb and eventually they took a biopsy of her cervix and during her during her treatment in total um, for that lump, doctors took two biopsies of her, biopsies of her cervix without her permission or knowledge. Uh, one was cancerous and the other was healthy. Um, so like the big historical thing that's interesting about her uh, is that the cancerous tissue became known as the Gila immortal cell line, uh, quote-unquote immortal, and it it's commonly used in biomedical, bi- biomedical research. Uh, the cool thing is that generally it's like really hard to produce, reproduce cells and have them last yeah. long enough to do testing on them, uh, but <clears throat> her cells reproduced at a really high rate, and they were kept long, kept alive long enough to do in-depth examinations on them. Um uh, so like they called them immortal because of this. Um and then one of the more interesting and kind of fucked up parts of I think of her story um is that the researcher George Otto Gay um had his assistant take more samples from her body after she died, um and was in the hospital for an autopsy. So they basically like took samples from her dead body, which I think is kind of fucked up. Um and then eventually they mass produced these cells and they've grown over 20 tons of her cells and created almost 11,000 patents. Uh, and then the more fucked up thing is that her family had no idea about any of this because they took these things without permission. Um, and then there was a Supreme Court case that determined that discarded, quote unquote, discarded cells um, are no longer the property of the patient. It was legal to do oh, all damn. this. Yeah. Um, so, they had no idea about any of this, and they didn't find out until the 70s when oh, wow. a large amount of her cells, like 20 years later, when a large amount of her cells um, were contaminated, and doctors started harassing her family basically for samples so they could study it some more. Um, oh, wow. That's and then, a lot. Yeah. And then, as recently as 2013, um, their DNA sequence was published in medical journals, and their Family medical records were published without, without their consent. Ooh, that's bad. Well, it was deemed okay because it was, like, the family's not, like, the family's based on her.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and there's, like, a lot of court cases going on about um, what's legal and what's not. That's kind of cool. This. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in 2013 is when they finally got hold of, like, her estate as far as the medical side goes and, like, has control over what's published.
0: Wow! Yeah, so it took like a long time—sixty years after. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but they're still using her cells um, in biomedical research today, which I think is really interesting.
0: You told me about this, like when we first proposed doing this episode. You immediately were like, "I've got a person."
1: Yeah, I mean, this is—I I heard about this because, like, I have a biological engineering degree, and this yeah. is something we talked about in some of our classes. Um, they didn't necessarily cover like the sketchy part of it. So much as they covered, right. like, like, this the legal is, stuff associated yeah. with it. They mm-hmm. mostly said, like, just so you know, like, this is super cool. Like, the Gila blood, the Gila cell line um, is from one person. Like, most of the cells that we study these, the stick, like, to this day is from one person. Um, that is really cool. So that was something that we talked about in school, but it was never, like, covered the shitty part of it.
0: Yeah, no, but that's still really interesting. Like, even, like, as shitty as that is, like, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Alright, so what do you, who do you have next? So I'm going to start with Anne Bonney. She was an Irish pirate operating in the Caribbean during the 1700s. So there's not a lot documented about her, just because that was a long-ass time ago. But I'm going to talk about some of the cool things I've read about her. <clears throat> so, she made a name for herself by hacking off the arms of merchant sailors and stepping on their necks... And shooting them out of a cannon, face first into a brick wall. Jesus. Christ. <laughs> wow, that's like super fucked up. I think it's cool. That's cool as hell. That's cool as hell. <laughs> um. So when she was younger, before she became the badass pirate she was, um, some jackass horn dog dude tried to rape her, so she beat the holy living shit out of him with her bare hands before bashing his unconscious body half a dozen times with a tire iron. The dude was so fucked up, he was hospitalized for months. This chick took no prisoners. (laughs) Even before she was a badass pirate, she was like, I'm not dealing with this. Fuck you, bro.
1: That's cool as hell.
0: It's cool as hell. Way to be a badass. She wasn't down to be a lady like her father had wanted her to be, and so she ran away with a pirate to the Caribbean.
1: (laughs) I would like to run away with a pirate to the Caribbean.
0: And she disguised herself as a man to get on the pirate ship. That's really cool. And then she became a badass and murdered a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Way to be a badass, bitch!
1: I wonder, like, and I don't know if you've ever watched Pirates of the Caribbean, um, but like, Zoe unfortunately, Saldana, yeah, <laughs> Zoe Saldana's character in it. I feel like it's kind of based off of her, maybe, because like she pretends to be a man to get on the oh, ship. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah! I didn't even realize that was her until yeah. you just said that. That's cool. I wonder if that... Oh, I hate, I, I hate that movie.
1: <laughs> I wonder if it was based off, like if they took something from I don't her. know.
0: That's really cool. No, I never thought about that. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Let's go with it.
1: <laughs> um, all right, so on Your turn. The, while on the topic of pirates, my uh, next one is Saida Al-Hura. Uh, she oh, was, that's a sweet name. <laughs> it's actually apparently a title. Um, oh, really? Like, it's, yeah, so she's from like the 1500s. Um, and she's a, an Islamic uh, pirate Oh wow uh, And um, there's not much about her like Historically speaking right? So people aren't really sure of what her name is and they think Oh so that, that was like, her title They think that her name was based off of this title And okay. like she maybe had a name at, at some point But there wasn't much about her um, But basically after the fall of the kingdom of Granada She moved to Morocco with her family And eventually married her father's friend Who was 30 years older than her
0: Hell yeah! And
1: he was a governor, basically.
0: Um, oh, way a- to live that life.
1: <laughs> and after he died, um, she became the last person in his Islamic history to take the title of Alhurra, which is like kind of like queen, emperor, like ruler. Oh, cool. Um, so during her reign as governor, she like the city that she was in, and I would say it, but mm-hmm. I can't pronounce it. Um, That's fair. Reached a level of unheard prosperity, uh, and that was due to like her constantly like barraging attacks on Spanish Portuguese ships and she was associated with the privateer and I think that just basically means pirate um who we know as Barbarossa that association helped cement her as a pirate queen
0: it's pretty badass yeah I love badass pirate chicks I do too (laughs) that was like my favorite (laughs) thing to research for this was the pirates yeah I mean there were we were
1: we got this list basically by like Googling unknown women in history.
0: Yeah, but still, like, there were so really many cool, cool women. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then
1: shout out to our friend Julia. Who oh, Julia. Is, yeah.
0: Pirate. So I think this episode is probably most inspired by Julia yeah. telling us about pirate yeah. queens. Yeah, because so, we were
1: talking about, like, doing a historical thing, but we don't want to do, like, typical historical women.
0: Yeah, and she um, was like, there's a sweet-ass pirate.
1: <laughs> that nobody knows about, and she's, like, the most feared pirate in history. So thanks,
0: Julia. Thanks, Julia. All right, so my turn now. <clears throat> um, my next big badass woman in history is Margaret Sanger. She was an American birth control activist in the early 1900s. She was born in the late 1800s, but she's most known for popularizing the term birth control. And so she also established the organization that later became what we know as today is Planned Parenthood.
1: Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that.
0: So, in her time, there was the Comstock Act, which basically said um, that contraceptives were criminalized and articles, they were considered articles of immoral use, air quotes, immoral use. Um, so, under this act, Americans could be sentenced to up to five years of imprisonment with hard labor for having distributing or having distributed information about birth control or abortion.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah, that's real fucked up. (laughs) But Margaret was actually indicted for sending pamphlets through the mail about birth control and educating women about birth control. And she was also arrested for opening one of the first birth control clinics. Interesting. So she is the mother of birth control. Mm -hmm. And... Essentially what we know as today is Planned Parenthood. Yeah, that is really cool. Especially she was willing to go down for her cause. Mm-hmm.
1: Go down for, like, giving women a chance. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, Margaret Sanger actually died in 1966. And so, she died shortly after birth control became a real, like, legalized thing.
1: I think it's really cool that she was able to actually see her cause, like... To the end, Yeah. And see, like, her hard work pay off, which a lot of people don't get that, so I think that's... No, cool. and I
0: think she would be very impressed to see what Planned Parenthood has become today.
1: Right. I agree. Um, so my next one isn't so much, like, a badass woman, but I think her story is really cool. Um... It counts. It counts. <laughs> so Annie Edison Taylor was the first person to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Um, and I think the really cool slash funny part of why she did this... Um, or why she's cool, is basically she wanted money and fame, so she thought that this would be a good way to do it. Way to be a badass (laughs) bitch. (laughs) She wasn't even the first person to do it. She was the first person to go over in a barrel and survived. Um, Oh, she's she's the first one to survive. Well, no, not just just to survive. People have survived going over, but, like, first person to go in a barrel, and she also survived, but not really, like, other people have done it and
0: survived. Um, She was the first one to publicize it. Yeah,
1: basically. Uh, she said she was in her 40s, but was actually 63, which I think was cool as hell.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: girl. But in the end, she didn't make much money off of it, so... Uh, that's about right. She fucked up. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's that's just cool. That's still like, really cool. I think it's just cool. She's like, I want some money. I want to be famous. I'm going to do this shit.
0: I'm going to do something crazy. She was doing that jackass <laughs> shit before jackass. That's true. She was. That's <laughs> essentially a jackass <laughs> level idea.
1: <laughs> um, so my next one, um... Doesn't really have anything to do with Annie Edison Taylor, um, but is Lily, Lillian Bland. She was the first woman to design, build, and fly an aircraft. Oh, man. Um, but basically, Ireland's first female pilot and the world's first female aviation engineer. Um, I think the cool thing about her is that she smoked cigarettes. She rode horses like a guy, not sides, I don't know what that's side saddle. She didn't ride side saddle. Yeah. Uh, she wore men's breeches, which I think are pants. Uh, did jiu and like messed around with car engines, um, and she was super self-sufficient and worked as one of the first female sports journalists. Um, basically, her story is that her uncle sent her a postcard of a plane that crossed the English Channel, and she was inspired to build one because she loved working on engines, so she made a small version of a plane using bamboo, spruce, fabric, and wire, and she named her plane Mayfly as a joke, as in it may fly and a Oh, not. that's
0: funny. Ooh, girl was killing
1: it with those puns. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, she was able to, I think she was able to fly it, and then she tested if it could hold an engine by making, like, five guys get on it and having it fly. Um, so she ordered an engine from England, and she couldn't wait for it to come in, so she went to get it from England and bring it back to Ireland. Um, and it wasn't finished, so it was missing a fuel tank. And in order to make it work... Uh, she used a whiskey bottle and a trumpet. Um and on August 31st, 1910, she flew for the first time.
0: Wow. Which I think is cool as hell. She basically cool built a how. plane
1: and then like <clears throat> improvised MacGyver a plane.
0: She was cool. the OG
1: MacGyver. The OG MacGyver. Basically this podcast is all about women doing things before men.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even if men did them. We're talking about the stories of the funny ass women that did it and how cool their shit is. Yeah. And if you're dropping puns before back in those days, she's you dropping are a dad badass. Puns. Yeah, no, she's dropping puns like good ones before her time. Right. So that makes you a badass on your own. yes I love me some fucking puns. <clears throat> so my next badass woman is Julie Dobney. Um. That's probably not how you say your name, but I took four years of French and I still can't speak French. So, um, that's what we're going to go with. She's also known as Mademoiselle Maupin or La Maupin. She was a 17th century swordswoman and opera singer. So she's super well known because she was known for killing and wounding at least 10 men in life or death duels with fencing while being one of the most highly respected opera singers in the world at that time. She also took holy orders just so she could sneak into a covenant and bang a nun. (laughs) So she she was a swordswoman, an opera singer, and a bisexual. That's cool as hell. That's cool as hell.
1: Also, like, she fucked a nun that nuns aren't supposed to fuck people?
0: No. She literally took <laughs> holy orders to become a nun just so she could bang another nun.
1: <laughs> That's a long
0: con. I, I respect that. That's a long game she's trying to play. So what we've what I've read, so she was born in France in around 1670, and she was born into a life of like wealth and privilege, and she could have been... This article says... She could have spent her entire life chilling Real housewife style.
1: <laughs> that's a great... That's a very well That's a article. great
0: reference. But, um... It, also here it says, She could have spent her entire life chilling out Real housewife style without ever having to shank a single human being in the <laughs> eye in a helicious fit of rage. That's so great. <laughs> that writer should win awards for this. Episode. Right? Like... She did so much. She was obviously well respected publicly, but also did some badass shit in right. the dark and yeah. murdered some people. Some badass shit in the dark, literally in the dark. Literally in the dark. <laughs> it says so her husband was off doing God knows what in Africa or India <laughs> and she moved out of into Marseille and started hooking up with a badass fencing master who happened to be on the run for murder after he stabbed <laughs> some guy to death in an alley outside Paris. What article Are you sure I didn't write this? Because this sounds like I wrote this. What article is this? It's called badassoftheweek.com.
1: <laughs> who wrote this? We should give a shout out to that writer because it's uh, fucking you, fantastic. You can, okay.
0: So, I've actually seen this website come up a lot in, like, doing research about badass yeah, women. Yeah, I also It's called up- badassoftheweek.com. Like, if you want to hear about some badass women... Yeah. uh Anne Bonnie was on here as well.
1: Yeah, I think... Um, which one of mine was on here? I want to say... Lillian Bland was on there.
0: It's just... I don't know. I love just That's hearing cool about... How- Oh, that's All really of this shit. I'm like I love
1: it. Um so my next one, and I apologize if I pronounced this one wrong, I looked you Because up. you probably did pronounce I it. I probably wrong. am going to. Um I looked it up and then forgot already. But it's Wu Zetan, Um and that does not sound right that I say it out loud. Um but she was China's only female ruler um at the time.
0: Um, she was one of the emperors of the Tang dynasty, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, so I learned
0: about her in AP World History while I slept through class. One I didn't time. take AP World. Oh, I did, but I slept through that class most of the time.
1: Yeah, whatever. I probably would have slept through that class too, to be honest. Um, but she started off by being concubine to Emperor Tang Taizong. Close Taizong. Enough. We're Americans. We can't speak words. Yeah, So she became a concubine to the Emperor Tang Taizong. Um, and after he died, she married his son, his son, Gao Zhang. Um, and as a concubine, normally she would have had to enter the convent after the emperor died. Uh, but she was also fucking his son. Hey! <laughs> uh Yas, queen! <laughs> so, after that, she, they got married, um, and she had some kids, and at least two sons, I don't know the exact amount. But she dethroned both of them and basically took the throne and became emperor.
0: You do what you gotta do to live that life.
1: That's cool as hell. She was basically a glorified prostitute and then became
0: queen. Oh, she rose from those ranks.
1: Yeah. Um, Which is cool as fuck. Oh, so so cool. Yeah, that was my next one. Yas, queen. Yas, literal queen.
0: (laughs) Okay. So... My next one's a twofer because they kind of overlap. So, Catherine Switzer is was born in Germany, went to university at Syracuse in New York, and was the first woman to ever run the Boston Marathon as a registered runner in 1967. So, at this time women were not legally allowed to compete in the Boston Marathon. They weren't allowed to run until 1972. So she got into the marathon on like a, like over kind of overlooked her as like an oversight because she entered under the name KV Switzer because her name was spelled incorrectly on her birth certificate so she normally went by kv because her name was spelled wrong legally interesting so she was told by her training coach that women were too fragile to compete in that kind of a race so she was because she was issued like a she was issued a number women were running this race unofficially and my next woman is someone that ran unofficially but Women were running unofficially at the time, and Catherine was the first woman to have a number for the race. And the story gets ridiculous. So, when they found out that she was a woman, she was treated as like an interloper on the race. And there are some famous photographs of one of the race officials attempting to physically rip the number off of her body. (laughs) Like... I think that's
1: ridiculous. Yeah, no, I agree that they fucking cared that much.
0: Yeah, they were so upset that a woman was running that they tried to physically remove the number because they knew women were running unofficially. Right. But to have a woman officially running, like, they were trying to physically remove her from the race. hmm So, her boyfriend at the time was also running the marathon. And as they're trying to remove this number off of her... He would physically shove these other men aside and let his girlfriend continue to run.
1: That's fucking awesome.
0: That's awesome. So her race time was about four hours and 20 minutes, which was nearly an hour behind the first female finisher. So this leads to my next woman. Bobby Gibb is the first woman to ever have actually run the Boston Marathon. She ran unofficially and never actually was assigned a number for the race because she ran three times prior to 1972, where under the AAU, women were finally allowed to run in the sanctioned women's division race. Because at the time, women were legal or the the longest race to ever be like competitive for women was a mile and a half. So a mile and a half versus 26.2 miles. So Bobby Gibb was training for two years to run her first marathon. And she would run 40 miles in one day just to train for this marathon. She received a letter from a race director informing her that women were not physically capable of running marathon distances. Like... What? That's ridiculous. So she realized it was more important than ever that she needs to run and that just fuck all of these men. She's gonna run unsanctioned. Just show up and run the race.
1: Right, and you said that she finished it in like three hours and twenty minutes. I just did that. And that's like a seven and a three quarter, like seven minutes and 45 second mile.
0: Well, if you're running 40 miles a day, yeah, you that's insane. We know you can run, no, but that's insane. Like
1: a seven minute, that's like Olympic time, yeah, for 26 miles
0: straight. That's insane. That's badass. That's so badass. So, while like when you do research about badass women, Catherine Switzer comes up. A lot of people don't know about Bobby Gibb because right. she was unsanctioned. So, yet, yeah, Catherine was phenomenal, breaking some boundaries. And I love the fact that her boyfriend was like, no, fuck off of you. Uh-huh. Let this bitch run the race. Um, Bobby Gibb really kind of broke the way for women's marathon running. I'm not a marathon runner, but I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I am a beer 5K runner. <laughs> And by I am, I will be. I am running my first beer five. I'm running my first 5K in May. That's also beer 5K. It's at Revolution, so it's a beer 5K. But I can run three and a half miles. Mm-hmm. In uh takes me like 45 minutes. I'm not a fast runner, but uh, I can run three and a half miles. So I just think it's really impressive that like these two women specifically that like, kind of broke a lot of. Yeah. A lot of ground for competitive women's running.
1: Yeah. Just women if you think about general, it, like
0: 1972 is the first year that women were allowed to run the Boston Marathon.
1: I'm actually going to look something up because I'm kind of interested in this too. Cause I'm kind of curious as to like when women were allowed into the Olympics. Yeah, that's a good question.
0: Because the Olympics started out as mostly a men-only game. Yeah. So in 1900,
1: for the first time, women participated in the games in Paris, France. So, 22 women out of a total of 997 athletes. Um, and they competed in tennis, sailing, croquet, equestrian, and golf. That sounds like wiener sports. Yeah.
0: So, Sorry if any of you guys are involved in those sports. To me, they sound like wiener sports for women. In 1908, skating
1: and tennis became open to their participation. 1912, aquatic events. 1928, athletics and gymna- gymnastics became open. <clears throat> um when was
0: the first time women were allowed to compete in like track and field events i think that's like 19 i think that's what it mean athletic what it means by athletics okay so athletics like track and field yeah in
1: 1991 the ioc which is like the institute in- of Olymp-
0: international Olympics. olympic committee yeah there we
1: go um decided that any new sport seeking to be included on the olympic program had to include women events sick so
0: 1991
1: though that was 27 years ago
0: that's not a long time no it's not a long time ago if you think about the number the amount of years the olympics have been a thing yeah it took that long for women to be any new sport to include women yeah that's insane who's your next woman
1: uh so my next woman is gonna be amelia Earhart. um and you said that like a question. I don't know. I think I, I thought I said her name wrong. Weird. Amelia oh. Ear. I can't say Earhart. 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 So, so th-
0: she's a woman that a lot of people know yeah. about. She um, needs to be represented though. because she's a, she's a badass woman yes. in history.
1: So one of the first things I want to mention actually is that she wasn't initially going to be the first woman to um, cross the Atlantic. Oh, but, that's news to me. Yeah. So there was a woman named Amy Guest and she actually wanted to be the first one and she was going to do it. Um, but I think it was something about her health, like, she didn't think that she'd actually be able to, like, do it, um, so she basically spent her time looking for another woman. And oh, that's awesome. And it was Amelia that they picked. Um, so she's mostly n- known for her first, the, being the first female aviator to fly solo across the, across the Atlantic Ocean, and also for attempting to do, um, a cross continent, like a, what's a, what would it be called? Like, cross-continental? Cross-continental, like, around the world. Flight, Um, so basically the first flight that she did was across the Atlantic Ocean, and she flew from America to Northern Ireland, and it lasted about 15 hours. She also um, embarked on solo flights from Honolulu to Oakland, California, L.A. to Mexico City, and Mexico City to New York. Um, In 1935, she started planning a world flight. It wasn't the first time somebody would be flying around the world. But it was actually going to be the longest since she decided to go around the equator. Mm, that is a long flight. Yeah, it was like 29,000 miles that she was going to do. Well, yeah,
0: if you're going to do it straight around the equator, that's the widest part of the Earth. Unless yeah. you're going like pole to pole. But the, around the equator sounds warmer.
1: <laughs> um, yeah,
0: so <laughs> it wasn't like
1: strictly around the equator. It was just like an equ- equatorial route. Right. Um, So she tried twice. The first attempt, um, she had gotten a new plane, and it was grounded due to issues with that plane. The second attempt, um, they decided to fly west to east, and that was because of, like, the winds. Oh, okay. Um, But she made the flight from Oakland to Miami, then to South America, Africa, India, Southeast Asia. And then she went to Leh, New Guinea. um, And her last known location was after she had left New Guinea... And my dog
0: is dreaming. <laughs> That's what it sounds like when he's sleeping. Yeah, he's
1: barking. I wonder if the mic is picking him up.
0: Probably. That's really funny.
1: Yeah, he's barking in his sleep.
0: Aw, oh, BB. I want to wake him up, though, because I can't record like this. Ever. Just keep going. It's fine.
1: All right, guys, so I'm going to apologize. Lupin is dreaming right now in the background <laughs> he's, so you may he's hear, in some deep sleep yeah you may hear some barking dog like sleep. failing to bark it's um, so cute to watch <laughs> though so her last known position was new manu island uh she crossed the international date line and was attempt like she was going to howland island i think it was called um oh, okay. but people think that she ran out of gas looking for that island uh, cause she wasn't a great navigator and she had a navigator with her, but they both went missing.
0: Um, Oh, I didn't realize there was someone else with her that went missing.
1: Well, I think they're in a separate plane potentially, but oh, okay. there's at least one, I think there's a person that's telling her basically where to go. Um, so they think that they, if you miscalculate by one degree, like the international dateline, it would cost them like 60 miles of gas and wow. people think that she ran ran out of gas, um, basically looking for that the next island that she was supposed to stop off on. I mean, I
0: think that sounds like the most realistic reason that you would just, like, vanish and die.
1: Right. And um, I think they were saying, like, I read something online about how, like, with the radios, she could hear people, potentially, but she couldn't talk back because of the plane. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think she's just really interesting because, one, she went missing and nobody has any idea where she went. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into that. And also, she was kind of a badass aviator. Um,
0: all right. She did a lot. Like, yeah, she did. All right. So my next woman, and we talked about tattoos earlier. So my next woman is Maud Wagner. She's commonly known as the first female tattoo artist within the United States. So there were women doing tattoos elsewhere, but she's commonly known as the first one in the U.S., She originally started as an aerialist and a contortionist in a circus, and she met a man who was a tattoo artist at the time and proclaimed himself as one of the most inked men in the world at the time. Okay. And she agreed to go on a romantic date with him (laughs) if he would teach her about hand poke tattoos. That's cool. And so they went on a date and got married eventually later, and he taught her all about hand poke tattooing. So, hand poke is the same as stick and poke. For yeah. People listening. So, um, like you get a, basically a needle. It's clean, literally ideally. doing it by hand. Yeah. So, she, during this time, when she was she's known today as one of the first hand poke tattoo artists for women in the U.S., that's cool. But... Did she
1: only do hand poke? She did only she did hand poke.
0: poke. She, I think towards the time when she passed away, she was doing ink as well. Like the, the traditional. Machines. Yeah. But her focus was always hand and poke. And um, she was alive during the time that machines were a thing. Right. So one of the, one of the things I think is the coolest about when she, she passed away in the 1980s, but... One of her very last pieces of work was done on Don Ed Hardy. Oh, that's cool as hell. In the 1980s. That's really cool. So he has one of her final tattoos. That is very cool. cool. And it was in color as well. It looks... I've seen images of it. It looks like a machine done tattoo, but uh-huh. it might be... There's no way to know for sure if it was hand-poked No, or not I mean, if she's been doing images. it
1: for like... If she was doing it that long, she could definitely be
0: good enough that it looks... Machine then. I feel like we should post a photo of her. On, have you seen what she looks like? No. Oh my gosh, she has some crazy fucking tattoos. I love how huh? she looks like from so, like the
1: neck up, like Victorian, and then you see. Well, that. here's
0: the other thing too. Um, her daughter became a tattoo artist as well. They, like, her and her husband had a child, and uh-huh. her daughter is also a very well-known, very well-known tattoo artist. That's really cool.
1: I think it's really cool that she like looks Victorian, and then. Well, this was just, well, this
0: was just was, that was like her circus performance photo that you're looking at. So, yeah, I mean, you today you don't see a lot of hand and poke anymore just because it takes a lot of effort and it's super painful. Right. Okay. So my next
1: person is Nellie Bly, um, and she was a journalist. If you've ever seen American Horror Story: um, Asylum, she's the best season of that show. <laughs> Um, I truly think that Lana, um, the journalist was based off of Nellie Bly. I think she was, I would, I would think she's inspired by that as well. Yeah, I think so as well. From what I know. So there are two really cool things that Nellie Bly did. The first, um, is that she did an expose on brutality and neglect in asylums. So Nellie Bly, um, I mean, I guess I should, I said two things, but there's more than two things, um. First thing is that her early work was focused on the lives of working women. Ooh, so she wrote um, a series of investigative articles <clears throat> on women factory workers.
0: Um, oh, this was pre, like, Yeah, this was like... OSHA.
1: Let me see. This was in, like, the 1800s. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she was born in 1810, and I think this was probably, like, in the 30s. 1830s. Oh, wow. Um, so... She did the investigative reports on women factory workers, and then that newspaper got a bunch of complaints from factory owners about the oh, writing. So I wonder why. they reassigned her to do, <clears throat> quote-unquote, women's pages about oh, fashion, society, gardening, and, like, the usual role that women journalists had. Um, so she got pissed and was like, fuck this, and then went to Mexico and served as a foreign correspondent. Oh, wow. Uh, so she spent uh, half a year, basically, reporting on the lives and customs of Mexican people, and then that was published into a book. Um, she protests, like, the imprisonment of a local journalist for criticizing the Mexican government. Um, then they threatened her with arrest, and she had to flee the country. Oh, damn.
0: Yeah.
1: And then when she was at home, they accused, she accused that um, the dictator of being tyrannical and suppressing the, uh, the Mexican people. Um, Yas, Queen! Yeah. So in the 1880s, um, because they were again making her do like fluff pieces. Right. um, And this was at, I don't know what um, newspaper it was. But she left, oh yeah, the Pittsburgh Dispatch. She uh, left them and went to New York City and she was broke as hell. She basically talked her way into writing for New York World and decided to take an undercover assignment. um, So she agreed to feign insanity. To write an expose on the reports of brutality and neglect at the women's lo- lunatic asylum,
0: Ooh, so man.
1: she was committed for ten days um, and experienced it firsthand. And uh, after ten days, like they, the newspaper came and got her and they made them okay. release her. And she published it <clears throat> in her book. And that asylum implemented reforms, and uh, she got super famous from that. So basically, like kind of very similar to what Lana did. In, yeah um American Horror Story yeah no
0: that sounds like oh hold on Steph's voice just got really (coughs) my voice just like is gone all of a sudden um no that sounds like American Horror Story right Um, except like 30 40 years
1: prior right so yeah 30 40 years prior um so then in 1888 She told her editor that she should take a trip around the world, attempting to do Around the World in 80 Days, see if it's actually possible with the book. Um, And, like, they've never actually done that, and that was the first time it was done. So, in 1889, she decided to do it and boarded um, a steam boat. Uh, And at the same time, the New York paper Cosmopolitan uh, decided to sponsor its own reporter, uh, and she, the the Cosmopolitan reporter Elizabeth Bisland, um, was sponsored to beat Nellie Bly, and also like the uh the book, and so like they were they were basically going against each other, oh, okay. going opposite ways, <clears throat> but basically they went the opposite ways and left on the same day, oh, okay, and um it ended up taking Nellie Bly seventy two days. She went alone most of the time. And then Bisland took four and a half days longer. So yeah, so Nellie Bly like did it in seventy two days, which was cool. Um, And yeah, she was basically alone the whole time, which I think was also cool. Um, And then the final thing I want to say is that she was an inventor and owned a patent for like a milk can and stacking garbage can. So she was like not only a super a milk can and stacking garbage can, yeah. I don't know what just happened to your voice. Dude. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah, so she was an inventor and had two patents, at least two patents, um, and just generally was a badass. No, that sounds real badass. And, yeah. Okay. You have one more.
0: Yes. So as my voice is fading, so you guys could tell. Um,
1: yeah, I got real bad real quick. And I it did.
0: <laughs> um, my final woman is Ellen O'Neill. She is one of the First women skateboarders in the 1970s, and she was a world freestyle skateboarding champion during that time. She actually is in the skateboarding Hall of Fame. That's cool for being a badass bitch. It's pretty fucking cool. That's not actually why she was inducted, but she's been in television, like movies, as a like skateboarder in the background and like acting out characters while on a skateboard. And, but her freestyle skateboarding was like revolutionary at that time, especially for women. That's pretty cool. All right, so that concludes our list of unknown
1: badass historical women. Um, we hope we were able to educate you guys on some really cool and historical have, badasses that have really laid the groundwork for modern day women. Today. Yeah.
0: And uh, I hope you guys appreciate Lindsay's revenge on me for having no voice.
1: Yeah, I mean, you fucking deserved it because you're a
0: bitch to me. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. This is like you after Toronto voice. Yeah, so this is you after St. Patrick's Day voice. No, I... uh, I had this nasty laryngitis (laughs) going on yesterday, too, and I talked all day yesterday, because that's what I do. We yelled
1: a lot yesterday. Oh,
0: it's because what we do when we're together, we yell. (laughs) We're obnoxious. It's (laughs) fine. Anyways, um,
1: but yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, This is the last of our specifically women-focused episodes. Women-focused episodes, yeah. Um, I think if we get a lot of feedback about this And people really enjoy
0: it we Oh we can do, do some more bit. research We can actually put some more effort into I mean we research. put a good bit of effort into these Oh ones. I know we did Compared to other times yeah. I know we put some more research into this Yeah
1: um, But like we had fun I remember, like, Oh I loved Last it. episode you laughed And it was like I had a lot of fun Like let's just do one episode And then do another one Yeah no I like, so, had too. I've
0: enjoyed both of these If my voice was here I'd enjoy it yeah. more But I have no fucking
1: voice Yeah So, let us know if you want us to do, like, more women-centered episodes. Otherwise, um, stay tuned for back to uncultured
0: drunk messes. Yeah, we'll be some more drunk messes. And we'll give you some updates on the other bullshit we've gotten ourselves into. Yeah, because... And we'll post some pictures of maybe some of these badass women on our Instagram. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, I think
0: we should post one of Maude Wagner. Oh, Absolutely. Our tattoo queen. Yeah, tattoo queen. We'll post some of the pictures of some of these badass women.
1: Yeah. Um, So stay tuned. Check out our social medias. Um, But that's it for... Hang out
0: and listen to us talk about some charities you should donate to.
1: Yes. Stay tuned. Um, No Derek's final thoughts, but the end of the episode I think is very important.
0: Listen to Um, the end. Support the women's organizations we recommend at the end of our episode. Yep.
1: guys so this is usually the time when you would hear us talk about our social media
0: we thought that since we're celebrating women's month that we should plug some women's organizations instead because we're not always garbage people
1: to support women's health and reproductive rights across the country please go donate or volunteer at planned parenthood you can find them at PlannedParenthood.org. you can also support the center for reproductive rights at reproductive rights.org we support the empowerment of young women through organizations like girl forward who focuses on empowering and educating refugee girls across the country. Learn more at girlforward.org. There are several organizations here in Chicago that we would like to recommend to our local listeners. Please go donate or volunteer with Sarah's Circle to help women who are homeless
0: or in need of safe space. You can find them at sarahs-circle.org. We also support the Chicago Foundation for Women. Their focus is to help women through work and economic security, freedom from violence, and access to healthcare. You can find them at cfw.org.
1: Please go out and support your local women's charity wherever you may be. See you all next time! And remind the women in your life that they're all badass. And by the way, you're badass too. Bye guys!